0: need a boost of energy complete family care is giving vitamin b12 shots for just $20 do you hate to wait at the doctors at complete family care no appointment is necessary just walk in and get treated three valley locations to serve you decatur and flamingo east lake mead road and belmont and green valley parkway and sunset at complete family care no waiting means you see the doctor right away And have your blood work and x-rays done during your visit. No running around town. Check them out at CompleteFamilyCare.net. That's CompleteFamilyCare.net. We accept all major insurances, Medicaid, and Medicare. Visit us at CompleteFamilyCare.net.
1: All right, welcome to another edition of Vegas Sports Nation. I got my partner, my sidekick, my co-host. He is here and uh, we're ready to talk sports. We're diving right into it. We're not pulling no punches. Great weekend of football, great weekend of college, great weekend of pro football. Everybody was excited. Um about the weekend, I I mean, uh, if you're a better and you bet on the right team, you did win some money. If you bet on the wrong team, you lost money. The books cleaned up this weekend. A lot of favorites went down. Uh, our Raiders did win and, uh, our UNLV running rebels did get, uh, molly $1.9 million while wall- molly So that <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on that charter bus. I mean, the kids really don't know, uh, Brooks, right? The kids don't really know $1.9 million is what they got paid, but we were able to find that information out. So the s- administration. That plane ride wasn't that bad, but the kids probably took that loss harder than the administration did because they got $1.9 million.
2: Well, I agree. I agree. But for a program like UNLV to get $1.9 million is a wonderful payday. It yeah. helps them to you know, spread the expenses of all the athletic department out. Cover a lot of expenses for UNLV, and additionally, you and I talked a little bit about this. If you're a UNLV player, how exciting is it? Yeah, you get to go into the big house. You yeah. get to
1: play in a hundred thousand, hundred and two thousand record. It was it was actually a record, no kidding, for uh, the big house of attendance, a hundred and three thousand.
2: How exciting is that for <laughs> UNLV? Yeah, they got a perk. So we'll get into UNLV next, Mark, but you already mentioned it. The Raiders. Yes. Wins Raiders. Raiders 16. I don't know if I've ever seen a statistically more even game in my lifetime. So why don't you give us your breakdown of it? Yeah. What you saw.
1: I, You know what? This was it. This was this game really could have went either way. But I was really impressed because the Raiders got a new quarterback. They got probably out of the 53 men on the roster. I want to say at least 35 of them are new players that are on this team. One thing I learned is they still own the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, the new coach. Russell Wilson looked a little bit better than he did. I think Sean Payton will have that team going, but you've seen the tale of two coaches, right? you seen, guess, you know, and a lot of people forget this. McDaniels was the head coach in Denver,
2: right? He's got no love in Denver, but
1: he went back to Denver and every time they played Denver, if he played Denver 16 weeks out of the season, they will be 16 and 0. They're 7 and 0 against the uh, Denver Broncos. Some stats. Garoppolo first game in the Raiders uniform regular season game twenty six or twenty for twenty six two hundred yards two touchdowns one interception quarterback rating of one hundred seven point eight Josh Jacobs nineteen carries forty eight yards very balanced on offense and I, this is the stat that really stands out to me the most Brooks and a lot of people don't talk about this stat Garoppolo stayed clean he didn't get sacked remember we we talked about this a little bit last week. That line had to protect Garoppolo because he's injury prone. Kind of, you know, a la a Aaron Rodgers yesterday, right? They right. didn't protect him. So he got put on the butt. He got caught in the turf. He's out for the season. Garoppolo stayed upright. The Broncos didn't have one sack. And I'm sure their defensive coordinator and the co- head coach right now are saying, what in the world happened here? We rushed the ball. We passed the ball when we wanted to. He only had six incompletions. Jacob. Myers, wonderful player. They brought in receiver going to take Hunter Renfro's spot. He had a wonderful game, two touchdowns. But this game was I mean, when I say there's not too many games that you're going to say two teams evenly matched in a 17 to 16 game. Right. That's what it came down to. One point, And these two teams were evenly matched. Time of possession, about four second difference. I'm um, four, mi- four minutes. Okay. 50 to 54. You know, yeah, it, was it was really close. 32 or It was I close. It was, the time was yeah. 29 to 32. 29 yeah. minutes to 32. Uh, the penalties was, was, was even. Um, third down efficiency was even. Uh, each team had six first downs, <laughs> rushing first downs. Each team had five passing first down. Each team had 11 total first down. Each team had 22. Total first downs. Okay, here's the stat. Check this one out. In the rushing attempts, the Raiders had twenty nine attempts. The Broncos had twenty two. Uh total rushing yards, ninety seven for the Broncos. I mean for the Raiders, eighty three for the Broncos. Passing yards, Russell total yards, I mean passing yards, total yards. Uh Russell uh Wilson had one hundred and sixty six. Garoppolo had two hundred. I
2: mean, (laughs) nice. I mean, the only thing that there was, there's some glaring issues there. I mean, 10 penalties is a lot of penalties. Yes, yes. There's way too many penalties. First to game. Give up for both teams. First, First game. First game, that's fine. Yeah. I did think uh, Josh McDaniels did a good job of managing his play calling to help Jimmy Garoppolo be successful. Yeah. A lot of quick throws. A lot of, you know, short plays. A lot of, give him the opportunity to get that ball out of his hand, make completions, get into a rhythm, get the offense into a rhythm and look pretty good. Yeah. So I got to ask you another question though more so than the raiders offense which was good yes not great
1: what did you think of the defense i was very impressed i was again another element of this team a lot of new players it's hard to have players jail right it's tough it's tough to for but for you uh, for a defense to jail they usually one two steps ahead of the offense they looked even like the defense really came to play. We had two sacks, which I think getting after the quarterback is very important. So two sacks, Crosby had a sack and, but they're secondary. They're, they're, they're secondary. Actually, one of the secondary players was the leading tackler. He had right. 11 tackles. Right. So when you look at this team, the body of work that McDaniels, he went out and got his guys. Then that's what we talked about. He went out and got his guys, right? These aren't, Rookies are first, second year, third players. These are guys that's been in the league five years, six years, seven years, some even eight years. Right. And so I think he did a good job of making this team a re, 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 remodeling this whole Raiders team. And we can't get too excited off one game, but you can see some promise with this team, right? You can see a little bit of promise. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. That's what I was more excited about in the offensive line than any other position. I was more because I was like, God, they didn't do a lot in free agency. As I mean, in the draft, offensive line. They've been a bad team drafting on the line, right? <laughs> we, both sides. Our first rounders aren't even both sides. playing in the offensive line Leatherwood. He's been the three, four teams in the last three years. And so that was our last first round pick. But the Raiders, I think they complemented each other on both sides of the ball. Even their special teams, they only yeah. punted once. I know. So they were getting first down. But that's Garoppolo, that's Garoppolo's M.O., right? His His whole M.O. is... Give what the defense, take what the defense gives you. Five yards, seven yards. I don't think he had a pass over 15 yards, right? And a team can get really frustrated and upset. Devontae Adams, a superstar, Jacoby Myers, another up and coming superstar. Both of these guys had six catches for Devontae, nine catches for Myers. Josh Jacobs had two catches. So my, what I wanted to see I seen everything I want to see. Only thing I wanted to see this team do a little more of is use that tight end, which yeah. is important. They drafted Meyer out of Notre Dame. They got Hopper, Austin Ho- Hopper. I think his last name is Hopper, Austin. Um, that was the only thing I didn't see. They didn't have a lot of completions to the tight ends, and with the way Garoppolo runs that offense, I thought the tight ends would be more involved, right? They run five yards yeah now, short short
2: passes, a lot of curls be a over target. the middle.
1: I didn't see a lot of that, and maybe we will see that more, but I'm looking for the tight ends to get more involved just because the Garoppolo is not really a deep threat. Thrower, right? He's not going to yeah. beat you with a 60 yard bomb. No. You might catch a 10 yard out and run 60, but he don't have that arm strength where he's going to throw the ball f- deep. And so I thought the tight ends will be used a little more, which
0: is week one and
1: yeah. they will get it because the tight ends in his, in this system are perfect for Garoppolo and they got two really good tight ends. All right. So let's last section here. Two parts
2: coaching. Yes. What's your take on the coaching? And then both offensive and defensive. And then let's look ahead to next week's game against Buffalo, where they're a ten-point dog on the road.
1: Yeah, coaching. I think the edge goes to McDaniel. Um, love Sean Payton. I love everything about him. I love his coaching. I mean, he did make some uh comments that we can't we won't dive into, but he did make some comments over the off season. But other than that, this coaching went to the Raiders. Um, I think Josh McDaniel did a wonderful job of not only managing Garoppolo, but he managed the game completely. He called some good plays. He's the play caller. He called, He actually did a good job of calling the plays, and that's what I like about McDaniel.
2: So what do you see next week? What's he going to do to attack the Buffalo Bills? I have an opinion on him. I'm curious to hear you. Yeah,
1: my opinion. I think, uh, I mean, if you're betting, you take the Raiders side, take the Raiders, 10 points is... <laughs> Buffalo just came off a tough loss. If the Raiders can play, not they didn't have a perfect game, but they had just almost as perfect management wise as you can get. So I take this game and I look at it and say, I got two teams, right? I got the Buffalo Bills with all the hype and then I got a new Raiders team kind of. putting together blocks we're blocking the Raiders team together right? yeah who are they gonna be what's their identity Buffalo has an identity I gotta tell you if they watch the film from what the Jets did you simulate that same thing and the Raiders have a chance if they don't make a lot of mistakes if they do statistically are a little bit better than what they did this week because the Buffalo is going to be a little bit better than the Broncos. But Buffalo looked their game yesterday was 1613. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how does that happen? How, but when you got your best quarterback again, some players get a lot of hype and then it goes to their head and then they, and that's all I see in Josh Allen. He'll come back to this week and throw four touchdowns. If the Raiders don't play him Accordingly,
2: and if they don't put pressure on them, they have to. But the other thing I think the Raiders may be able to do that the Jets exposed the Bills on and have exposed the Bills on is the capacity to run. Right, and if so far offensive line can clear a few holes and Josh and Jacobs they did can rail some good runs, I would say that we're in a position as the Raiders to keep that game close. Yeah, and then if you got Jimmy Garoppolo in there, I mean he's a smart guy. Yeah, he's not gonna he's, he's a not gonna hurt you. He's you know, a manager. He's not gonna hurt you. So it'll give them the opportunity to win, and if they get him a little bit behind who knows what josh allen is going to do is he going to fall back to these long bomb interceptions well and maybe the you know maybe the corners and the safeties are licking their chops now and they're like hey we yeah. can we can pick him off
1: yeah well i mean you've seen it yeah. <laughs> you've seen it yesterday yeah. the jets do have a very good secondary i mean as far as players yeah. um not no pro all pros or anything like that but sauce. if buffalo doesn't get the act together in four days and the Raiders are coming into Buffalo, the Raiders are on a high horse right now because they prove that you can take a team and dismantle it and put it together in six months and come out and play well against a Denver Bronco team that is pretty, is decent. I'm not going to say they're great, yep. but I like the coach. I like what they're doing over there. So Buffalo, I think this game, like you just said, it's going to be a lot closer than the betters. Do you take the 10-10? If you're on the Josh Allen bandwagon, you say, oh, he's going to bounce back, he's going to throw for three or four hundred yards. Yep. And the Raiders are going to get blown out. But if you're a Raider fan, you have to take that 10 and uh, ride with the Raiders because right now the Raiders are playing some good football. And I and I call it basic football. Yeah. That's what the Raiders are playing, right? They're playing basic. Pop Warner, line up. Hey, take what the defense gives you. Just don't throw. And create any turnovers, block for him, and let's just go down the field, play football, niche to niche, because they yeah. got a lot of good Systematically, players. Systematically,
2: let's march down the field. Let's not give it away. Let's not have any turnovers. Let's put ourselves in positive first down situations. Yes, and that's kind of what the Raiders have to do to win and, uh, every game. And every game, and put a little pressure on the quarterback, which they which do. they will. I don't. Uh, Chandler Jones, kind of that whole situation went kind of dark.
1: Yeah, but which much. is okay. Right. I mean, they. I mean, it's, it's proven that okay, they. I mean. Yeah. They if work. your defense can hold any NFL team to 16 points, you got a chance every week. Not saying it's going to happen every week, but I think this Raiders team is week to week because everybody is uh, uh unsure. What are they going to do? Right. All right, the Raiders won, but what are they going to do this week?
2: All right, so you talked about a six month window to get a team together. Let's yes. talk about Coach Odom, UNLV running right. rebels. They went to the big house. We talked a little bit about it 35 to 7. You know, it was a lopsided affair. Uh, they didn't cross the midfield, really, in the first half. But I think all of that was expected. Of course. And so there, there is no true crazy shock here in, in the outcome, in the score, in what transpired. But my... My question is a little bit of that UNLV offense, and where is it going to come from? So, give me your take on that, and we got Vandy coming up. So, it's this is going to be a good game on Saturday. I encourage all of Las Vegas to turn out, root for your UNLV running rebels. This is an opportunity to beat an SEC team.
1: Yeah, no, I you know I totally agree. I think this is going to be. I'm gonna go back. Let's start with Michigan, and then we'll go to uh, Vandy. But UNLV outscored Michigan seven nothing in the fourth quarter. Right? No, and let me let me give you my point. That that's me rolling my eyes. But let me give you my point. Sometime that can be confidence to carry over to this week. Right? We went to the big house. Fourth quarter. They can even say we dominated the fourth quarter. But seven points to zero is a win for UNLV when they get on that practice Play. this week. Yeah. Now we're playing Vanderbilt. Do what you guys did in the fourth quarter, whatever it was. Right, and I I, I watched uh, bits and pieces of the game, but they Michigan took their foot off the gas. But for a UNLV team that's projected to be at the bottom of the Mountain West <laughs> right conference, yeah. y- you ca- you have something to build on. Exactly from this game, right? Yep. Thirty-five to seven, it could have been seventy to seven or seventy-zero, right? Mm-hmm. But they kept fighting. What I, what I seen, and it was the same thing that I talked when I talked and in interviewed Barry when he first got the job, he said one thing. He told me, he said, Mark, it's one thing we're going to do, and it's one thing we're going to continue to do. We will never quit. We will continue to fight whether we're up 35 or we're down 35. And that's what I seen against Michigan. They kept fighting. They could have just right. been like throwing the, towel. throwing the towel. Hey, we done. We just going to let them keep scoring. But they continue to fight, and he meant that. And I think that's where UNLV is going to be different this year,
2: right? And that you know what you know when you're going to see that when you get to a close game, yes. Later on in the season, when they carry that mentality to fight and to continue to fight, it will pay off because wins get, will come when you're playing Reno, when you're playing Fresno, when you're playing Hawaii, when you're playing these games that are going to be tighter games, yes that will to win and that will to fight because Brumfield's going to come around. Oh yeah, he will. He is a star when he gets going, he is extremely exciting to watch as a quarterback. Yeah. And so when he gets when he starts to get his passes going, passing going, UNLV's going to be exciting.
1: And he will. And and that's one thing about Brumfield. He's that guy that's kind of like hot and cold, right? He'll have he had a cold game, but his first game he was pretty okay, hot. He was he was he, he made some he made some good plays runs. against a, a Bryant team. And when you look at this Michigan, they actually brought in the true freshman, um Maca Macavella, Machiavelli, I think that's his uh of kind of pronounces his last name, but he's a freshman and they brought him in and he actually got some reps in this game oh. against Michigan. There you go. So, uh you know, Brunfield wasn't having the best game, but I think this UNLV team Got some fight in them, and I think that's what Barry Odom brings to the table is that SEC, hard nose, fight. And UNLV didn't have a lot of that the last few years. Where meaning fight, I mean, like even when the team they knew they were supposed to lose to, they kind of just gave up. Yeah, they kind of stopped Rolled fighting. Over. Yeah, just those close games they lost most of them. They yeah. won, I think maybe two close games. Maybe I think they won. We beat Reno when we yeah. was there. But I think this UNLV team. What I what I've seen in this game against Michigan. I think with when Va- with Vanderbilt coming up, um, who just lost to Wake Forest. Vanderbilt's also starting a new quarterback. They also got some new uh, players that some transfers coming in. So this is going to be UNLV's test. Mm-hmm. Michigan was not. That's not a test. And Bryant wasn't it. Bryant test. wasn't a test. I think this is going to be their first true test of the season. Right. Okay. Vanderbilt coming in from the SEC, two and they're one and one, right? And now you get to go against two, and I even seen that Vanderbilt Ooh. team; they're similar. They look similar to yeah. UNLV. And
2: Coach Odom was in Arkansas and Missouri, and he knows so the system. He knows, system. He he knows, knows t- Vanderbilt. And he knows what they're bringing, so he should have some sort of an edge from a coaching perspective and knowing what to expect at UNLV for this game, for the players, and for scheming, you know, and putting together their defensive and offensive game plans, I think that they're going to be in a good position, and I do think that UNLV's got a legit shot to win this game.
1: No, they do, and you know, the Vanderbilt's first game of the season was against Hawaii, 36-20, to down in the island, so when you look at this game... You are looking at not only the opponent you're going to play later in the season in a couple of weeks, actually two weeks, but you're also looking at Vanderbilt going. Wow, what did Hawaii do? What? How did Hawaii keep it close? Because Hawaii actually kept the game close until the end. Right. And so now, as a you know, as a coach, which Barry Odom I think is a is a really good defensive coach, minded coach at least. I know his his mentality is defense. He has a good offensive coordinator, and so I think this Vanderbilt team is coming to Vegas. If they're overlooking UNLV to their next game, they might get woke up. Yep. They might get woke up if they're looking at their next game. Rumfield gets fired, gets on fire. It's gonna and, be And, and this will be a great game for him to get some yeah. mojo.
2: Yep.
1: Right, because this is a game to go. Okay, if we win, I need to do this. Right. If we lose, I need to play like this. Right. Yeah. Cause if y'all lose and you play bad, it's going to be on Brumfield. Right. If they win and he plays good, now it's like, okay, he's legit. Right. Now it's like a jumping off point yeah. for the rest of the and season. And it's players. Vanderbilt, it, but it's the SEC. It Correct. doesn't, I don't, top Correct. to bottom, they always pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. They yeah. play every week in, week in and week out. So I think this is a game for Brumfield to have a on a coming out party. All right. So, all right. I hope uh we we I think we touched on UNLV and so they'll they'll play. If you guys are uh looking for tickets, we do have tickets if you want to get those tickets. It's a kickoff at four PM, which is perfect for me because I can be home by eight or seven thirty. Might leave a little bit early, but it's gone uh we do have tickets for that game. You can get stats and live tickets at UNLVRebels.com or UNLV tickets. One last thing about this game uh Barry Odom is three and one against Vanderbilt. Aha, there you go. All right, we'll go to break and we'll Mortal. come back. <laughs> we'll go to a short time on and we'll come back.
2: an Uber? It's that time of the year. The Indian National Finals Rodeo is heading back to the Southport Equestrian Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, October 24th through the 28th. Five action-packed days. Over 500 Native American cowboys and cowgirls looking to take home the world champion crowd. This family-oriented event is affordable and will not disappoint. It brings in top-notch contestants and stuff from around the U.S. and Canada. For times and schedule, visit infr.org.
0: need a boost of energy Complete Family Care is giving vitamin B12 shots for just $20. Do you hate to wait at the doctors? At Complete Family Care no appointment is necessary just walk in and get treated. Three Valley locations to serve you. Decatur and Flamingo, East Lake Mead Road and Belmont and Green Valley Parkway and Sunset at Complete Family Care no waiting means you see the doctor right away and have your blood work and x-rays done during your visit. No running around town. Check them out at CompleteFamilyCare.net. That's CompleteFamilyCare.net. We accept all major insurances, Medicaid, and Medicare. Visit us at CompleteFamilyCare.net.
1: All right, welcome back to Vegas Sports Nation. We're back after a two, three... Four, five year hiatus. I'm not sure which one it was, but we, we start gathering some real people listening, Brooks. I had people coming. Oh, Mark, I love your show. You and Brooks, I love it. I, I just, uh, y'all get a, y'all do it and y'all talk about the things we want to hear about. So we had a, some, a following when we went off the air a couple of years ago. And so to be back, I'm sure. You know, we we get those people back to listening.
2: Well, that's great. I hope they are listening, and it's fun for us, and hopefully, it's fun for them. And we like to talk about the the Vegas sports scene. Yeah, let's get into it. But this is what people want to hear about,
1: right? Right. We're not locals talking about. Stuff in Oregon, right. right? So we're not talking
2: about the p on
1: no, the local, on the Las Vegas local scene because we are Vegas sports nation. So we want to know everything local. I know you got some things you want to talk about sport wise. Aviators, uh, we got a little bit of A's news. We got some soccer. We always want to touch on our UNLV sports, soccer and volleyball. So what's going on in our uh, local sports news?
2: Okay, real quick. So I'll start with the A's. Um, the Nevada State Regulators have filed a referendum to appeal the three hundred eighty million dollars in funding that was guaranteed to the A's to help build the stadium. So that's in a situation that's not really in limbo. They've got to get a hundred and two thousand signatures in order for it to get on the even to get on the ballot. And then if it's on the ballot, then it's got to be voted against. I think it's a. I think it was more of a publicity stunt than anything else, to tell you the truth. But that's what happened in the A's world this week. We'd always told you we'd keep you up to date on the A's, and we are. For with regard to the Golden Knights, hey, rookie camp starts. It's here this week. They'll be playing at the Dollar Loan Center this weekend, and they're playing out at City National. So there's going to be a couple of games for the rookies to be playing against. I think the Anaheim's coming to town. Colorado's rookies are coming to town. So if you if you're hockey starved like all of us are. Go out and check those out, because there'll be some fun chances to see, hopefully, some players of the future. Really, the only question right now with the Golden Knights, or the main question is, is who's going to fill the shoes of Riley Smith? And that'll probably... That person's going to step up in training camp. On top of that, our aviators are in first place, and they're in... The second half. Yep, of the second half of the season, and they only have two more series left. They're playing Round Rock on the road, and then a week later... The Reno comes to town for the final homestand. So definitely when Reno comes to town, not this week, but next week, get out and support the Aviators. Hopefully they can beat, can win those series and guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs, which is going to be kind of fun because it's a whole new different format. So it's pretty exciting. Now over on UNLV's front. Okay. So. What happened with the UNLV soccer team is they had a couple of good wins, actually. They won 3-2 at New Mexico State, and they beat Bakersfield 3-1. So now that's bringing them up to a 4-2-2 record as they're starting to enter into league play. And so for UNLV, that's a good spot. Um, Volleyball, uh, 4-4. They lost to Washington in a close five-game match. Uh, They play Southern Utah tonight. They host Chapin State or Coppin State, I'm sorry, Portland and Lamar over the weekend at the UNLV tournament. So if you want to come out and see some volleyball, head out to UNLV. Once again, Coppin State, Portland and Lamar will be in town, in addition to your UNLV Re- Rebels for a for a volleyball tournament this weekend. And so it's been pretty good for the Lady Rebels volleyball. They've taken a step back this year. But overall, I mean, I think they're hopefully headed in the right direction. If they can garner a bunch of wins this weekend, that would be great. Yeah. And then... Really, UNLV also released its basketball schedule yes. this week. Um, there's some quality games. you got Crate in there. That's an Elite Eight team. Uh, St. Mary's is a great team. Always, yep. Yep, they're always tough. Florida State, not necessarily you know up-and-down kind of program. I mean, they've done some great things, but uh, Akron, they're pretty good.
1: Yep, from their um, conference.
2: But I think that as I look through the quality of teams they're playing, they should enter conference play with a pretty good record. Yeah. If they can split those games and win a couple of games, and they they should be able to head into conference play with a good record and hopefully some positive momentum. And having a couple of teams, having teams in there that aren't necessarily extremely uh, challenging may help them gel the chemistry that you talked about. Earlier, because they've really turned over their entire team. Yes, and so Coach Kruger will give him a chance to kind of get them gel in to see who's gonna who's gonna be the best five on the court. And so I'm excited about the UNLV basketball team. Yeah,
1: that schedule is already just. I, I was looking at it also. It's already better than it was last year. Yeah. And when they went ten and on we was excited. Remember, right. everybody said, like, "Oh, UNLV is oh. back!" And you got that needle and just. Got the air taken out when they lost to San Francisco, yeah. right? University of San Francisco. So I think the schedule of strength of preseason is already better. And I think if they can compete or win most of those games going into conference, now you can, can you can really show who you are. You know, 10 and 0 is it, it was a it was like a magic trick.
2: <laughs> exactly, that's kind of exactly what it was. It was like a mag, magic trick. of pretty good coaching, yes, right. And players, pretty good plan. Yep, so you're stepping up and doing a great job. But as you said, then
1: yeah, Houdini. Lost the
2: USF and the the bubble did burst.
1: It was like Houdini was in the building. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Who, what happened? They and I think that's. I think that's a great sign of to what's to come because everybody loves the lawn every i mean uh kevin everybody loves kevin everybody loves his staff they love what he's doing he's bringing players back from the old uh, teams and they won championships so i think this unlv team with this schedule it'll really see even if they split right they have three six maybe six or seven preseason games yeah. if they go three and three and get a one or two quality wins or at least compete. I think going into conference now you say okay, this is the real UNLV. Now they can go into conference and compete, right? Cuz last year we was like, "Oh, 10 and 0, they go gonna- win the Mount West. Oh, we were they, they're going to win the Mount West, talking about tournament. to a tournament. They going to the sweet the uh, it was the sweet 16 was here, the Elite 8 was here. 404 where we was like, "You know, if we got a chance." And boom, everybody's heart got broke and that just kind of ruined it and then they start losing the Fresno State, they start losing the San Jose State. They, they start yeah. using the Air Force. And so, I think the preseason schedule is really going to be a determination of how this team prepares and plays coming into the regular season, it's not as weak as it was. Remember last year they played Dayton and was like, oh yeah, they just beat Dayton.
2: Dayton was pretty good though.
1: But they end up at the bottom of their conference at the end of the year. So, But that's how we tried to justify, oh, they played a team from the Pac-12. Remember it was like, oh, who was it? Oregon State? State or, or I think it was Oregon State. I don't remember. Yeah, but it was one of the Pac-12 yeah. teams because they played in that tournament here. Yep. And then we was like, oh, they just beat. <laughs> and so that all just kind of crumbled in our face. And I think this preseason schedule, uh, Kevin had to go out and really put a schedule together that's more connected with his team. Yeah, it's
2: more challenging. Anyway. More,
1: more, More along the lines. If you go three and three and you compete in all three of those losses – I think people are going to be like, all right, you lost to Florida State. I can take that. But if you lose to <laughs> Southern. Right. No, this right. is going to be UNLV 2.0.
2: Okay. So. We'll see what happens with the Rebels. Yes. I'm actually November I've been following the team, and they they picked up a bunch of new kids, a lot a lot of kids coming Transfer. back to Vegas, yeah. transferring back home, Yes, which is always exciting for us, because we hate to see our kids tr- get out of the city to begin with, so it's nice to have some of them coming back.
1: Yep, coming, bouncing and, back.
2: And so I think it's going to be an exciting year for, for Kevin Krueger, for UNLV, and for the basketball program. Yep. But speaking of basketball... How about the best basketball
1: team? Las Vegas Aces! I was calling it, I don't know what what month it was, but I think it was last month. I called it. This team is primed to um, win back-to-back. I think it'll be a second parade. I'm calling it today on this show, Vegas Sports Nation. I think it will be a second parade here in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Aces have the experience. They've been to the ship, right? They've been to the close a couple of times. Now they've won it. When you win the championship, I got to tell you, I won one championship in my whole sports career. When you win that championship, it's hard to get back and win it. But when adversity hits and when you get into those tough games, you know how to overcome because you know what that tastes. They know what that champagne and that that parade and uh, all the accolades they've gotten. They knew what that felt like and you want to try to do what you can to get back. And they started with the record, 30 wins. Not bad. 30 wins, right? And they starting four is probably the best starting four in all of WNBA history. For me, I've I've never seen a team where you got four girls that can go to double figures in any given night or all at the same night. And that's important.
2: And I agree with you. They took care of business. They got home court all the way through the playoffs. So that was a huge accomplishment for the Aces, and they had to fight all the way to the bitter end. Oh, yes. To get it done. Yes. And, you know, so now they got Chicago coming to town. They're 18 and 22. Not necessarily a great team here at all. But they beat Phoenix 94-73. Aja Wilson had 30 points. She led the team, and that was in Phoenix. And... So then they turn around, right? And they set an attendance record, and they turn around and beat Phoenix again at home this past weekend.
1: Mm -hmm. 17,000 to be exact, if anybody's keeping track of the attendance.
2: Yep. And uh, and additionally, they led the WNBA in attendance the entire league. So congratulations on the support, support. And and those games are fun. You and I have been. Yeah. They are so much fun. to That's what
1: happens when you win.
2: (laughs) But, but. It's always a but. 36 points for Wilson. Beautiful. 31 points for Plum. Beautiful. 21 points for Gray. Next person closest, Young at five.
1: So That's not normal for her.
2: Not normal for her, but worrisome a little bit for me about the aces. Because if one person goes cold, or two people go cold, or... Where's it coming from, Mark? Wow. That's my scare. And I and I know Becky Hammond's a great coach. And I know Becky Hammond's gonna scheme and give them every opportunity to win. But these the aces, the the core four, they're gonna see minutes all playoff long. Oh, so I yeah. hope they can sustain they gotta win these series early and rest and hopefully the other person's series goes longer so they're rested when they see him in game one so they can win that series again. They gotta get through and get through and get through because you know who's waiting at the end? The Liberty.
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we've seen it. I mean, firsthand. I mean, we've been to games. We watch them on TV. Um, w- and we talked about that when we were at the game. Right. We talked about depth. Right. Where is the contribution going to come from off the bench? Right. And they got only They go seven. They only go seven deep. Right. Right. Maybe eight. I don't know if Raquan Smith is coming back or not. I don't know. That's a, the case got dropped. Since we're on the ACES, the, everything got dropped. She's no longer being prosecuted. Her case got dropped. Her, fian- her, her, her wife dropped the charges. District Attorney dropped the charges. So no charges have been filed against Raquana Smith. Right.
2: So, Nothing's currently filed against Raquana so Smith. So she but is eligible is, to return. Is, but the question is, is all right now, the ACES have said, we don't want you back. And so that's the Aces decision to make that. I always question, is it, is it legally acceptable for the Aces to keep her off the team? I guess
1: they didn't cut her. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They just they said she's away from the team. You never seen it. It wasn't one article that came out and said the Aces released her or okay. the Aces, Aces. So as we talk about it right now, they're talking about it. They're talking about what should we do? Should we do we need her? Because she can come off the bench and give you that five, yeah. seven, maybe ten points where that's what's missing. And they will, if they lose games, trust this. If they lose games, it's gonna be by seven or less. Six, yep. maybe eight, not double digits. And if you had that one or maybe two players that can each just give you five points, yeah. nobody can beat the aces. Right. Um, and I know Stokes is in there and the the other uh, starter uh, Stokes is the the one and then I, I can't think of the
2: no, the girl
1: who's that. the the starter who's who's actually start now and I look at her minutes; she's 26 27 28 30 minutes zero points
2: yeah no production one rebound yeah no production
1: just just a body and she's a good player that's the thing. Yeah. She is a good player. And I'm am going to pull her name up here shortly cuz okay. I want I don't want to talk about somebody and not um have their name. Right. But she's a, a I mean like a 43% three-point shooter. Um she um has done a lot in um not I mean not with not the with Aces, Aces, but, but prior. prior she yeah. came to the the league with a resume and I think if she can get, I don't want to keep saying she. So all right, go so ahead and talk a little bit about the ACE. I want to pull that name up so I can right, tell you. You
2: pull that name up, but I'll talk a little bit about I don't think Candace Parker, unfortunately. No, she's, she's not coming to, back. That's a done deal. She's got a That's done. Broken. We
1: don't even need to talk about her. She's, she's That's totally done.
2: Off. Clark. Clark. Aisha uh, right. Clark. Yep. Aisha Clark. She, she's got a good resume and coming in.
1: 43%. Yeah. I, and this is just my take. You tell me what you think. I think she's watching the other four oh. so much that when she does get the ball,
2: right,
1: she's passing it to them.
2: Right.
1: To sit back and kind of spectator-ish. Yep. And she's a starter, right? Yeah. If she gets, I'm not gonna say hot, but if she just can say, you know what, I'm gonna go for my five or my seven, this team will not get beat in the play. Even against the Liberty, because that's what was the reason they lost a couple of the Turn series to the Liberty is yeah. they didn't have no depth. They didn't have nobody contributing off the bench. When you got four girls in double figures, right? I'm talking like 15, 20 points each. You should not lose. That's, no. that's, that's 80 points. Most teams aren't even scoring 80 points. And so if they can just get Clark and Stokes to just, I'm talking bare minimum, Brooks. I'm talking six points each. That's, that's 12. That's a W and four girls in double figures.
2: Yep, well that's a W.
1: You gonna cruise to the championship
2: and win it? I don't know about cruising. Liberty is Liberty. They is, tough. There are
1: cryptids. But Liberty, when, Liberty, and kind of has some drop losses in the last couple of weeks too. But I, I got to tell you, this Aces team is only gonna go as far as a big four.
2: Yep. I wouldn't I agree with you one hundred percent, Mark. One hundred percent. Now, speaking of okay, let's transition here from the big four to the pac two.
1: <laughs> the pac two. The pac two. And everybody right. knows that new that's the new conference.
2: Yeah, or is it two pack is, is it two
1: pack or two pac? Yeah. It's so, two
2: so I heard Pac two. I was laughing. So I was Oregon State and Washington State... We're talking
1: about the Pac-12, so anybody that was listening heard the Pac-2.
2: Yes, but anyway, the (laughs) Oregon State and Washington State, and I agree with this 100%, have filed uh, essentially a lawsuit against the Pac-12 that they can no longer vote, that the board of directors can no longer meet, they can no longer convene, and they can no longer oversee the Pac-12 because in their own bylaws... It reads that when any institution leaves the conference, they immediately lose their seat on the board of director, including voting rights. So, Mark, as you always say, follow the money. So, all of a sudden, what's at stake here? Well, the PAC-12 is a huge brand. 108 years. Yeah, a huge brand. They have... $50 $50 million in potential NC2A money coming in just from previous and this year's basketball tournament revenue, right? Mm-hmm. The Pac 12 network had $117 million of revenue versus $77 million of expenses. That's a $40 million profit. And they listed $42.7 million in net assets. So the Pac 12 has. Financial assets and financial worth. Now, if you are sitting there and you're USC, we know what you want to do. Nice. You want to cut those assets up. And if you're one of the teams that took a lesser deal to exit and enter another conference, you want to cut that money up to keep supporting your program. But I, and so what happened is they petitioned or they put a lawsuit in and it got upheld so they had to cancel their their board of directors meeting that they had planned coming up in the next week or two and so let's this is all going to play out in a very interesting fashion because when we're talking about two teams left in the Pac 12 you and i both know there's only one logical merge and that is with the mountain west in some way shape or form if the Pac 12 is going to continue the mountain west is going to be an integral part
1: of it right of course. No, a 100%. And they tried. They tried to reach out to San Diego State. I'm sure Boise State was on the uh, on the horizon. Even UNLV got thrown around and said, hey, UNLV in the Mountain West, because when UCLA jumped ship, the first thing I said is, who's next? When UCLA and USC jumped ship, I'm like, why? Are we? But it came down to dollars. It came down to millions of do- millions of millions on top of millions of dollars that these teams are getting from TV deals. And they're splitting the money. Accordingly, and so what I've learned the last week since we talked about this last is, the Pac-12 were they didn't get a lot of TV offers, big enough offers like the Big Ten, the Mount, and the Pac- and the Big Twelve. So that was the difference. It wasn't a million dollars, two million dollars. The TV rights that the Pac-12 had in place, it was an Apple was less than what they were getting in the Big Ten and the Big 12. That's why they chose those two conferences.
2: Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they're guaranteed money. Guaranteed. Substantially higher in the Big 12. Big. And way higher in the Big Ten. Big number. Right. A big huge number. huge number. They were on this program. That, uh, as, I'm
1: talking $400 million. Over time. Over time. Over time.
2: But time, that's. 10 years. That's. But.
1: Substantial.
2: And the, But the problem, I think, the, what kind of made everybody nervous the deal that they had struck with Apple was a subscription based deal. So if the PAC 12 delivered and people bought the package, then everybody would have made a lot of money and won. But there wasn't as much guar- there wasn't the guaranteed money that I'm sure the institution feels more comfortable with. Knowing that these dollars are going to actually roll into the door, right, and we might get a little more on top of that if we win if we go to the n c two eight basketball tournament or if we make make our way into the b c s bowl system we're going to get more money, but the guaranteed is the part that probably the non guaranteed revenue is what chased everybody out of the building because the in the one two three days after they had their meeting to announce that apple deal, there was a massive exodus, yeah. And so
1: it wasn't guaranteed. And in, in, in sports, the only thing these institutions and athletes can you know hang their hat on is that wor- word that starts with a G, right? You, I, how do I know if anybody's going to buy that subscription? Right. How do I know if <laughs> or if you guys are going to be able to pay?
2: Uh, okay. So the I,
1: guarantees in the Big Twelve and the uh, Big Ten.
2: I'm going to give you the last laugh, though.
1: Yeah. Who's the best football conference in America today? The Pac-12 the Pac 12.
2: Week 2, That's arguably the Pac Well, these
1: the the Big 12, I mean the Big 12 and the Pac the Big uh, the Big 10, they are licking their chops. Right. <laughs> they are licking their chops cuz their conference just got that much better. Colorado. They
2: just picked up the I mean the
1: Big 12 got Colorado. You can't escape Colorado Arizona right State. now. You cannot. All right. I mean Colorado is the hottest thing in college football right now because of what Dion has done. But, again, do you just see how fast – they were 1-12 last year, and they jumped ship. Right. They didn't even have no, – how did they have a leg to stand on to leave a conference when they were the worst team in the conference, right? They, they got ahead of Oregon State and Washington State. Right. They went and got Colorado because of prime. Right. And come on to the Big 12. Yep, we'll take it. They was in the Big 12, actually, years ago. Yeah, they were. Yeah, They've they been in the Big 12, so come on back home. Come home. Right, come home. But this whole thing was a numbers. And you know – it pains me to say this,
2: but USC at the end of this whole season could be the number one team in America. <sighs> they look unstoppable
1: at all three levels. They special team kid from Gorman. I want to give him a shout out Zachariah branch. I used to train him. I know his dad. This kid is electrifying and he's only a, he's a true freshman. Just how he was at, he was at Gorman last year this time. <laughs> so, That team looks defensively a lot better. Offensively, we were never worried about their offense. One thing they didn't have the last two years since Lincoln Riley came is special teams. Really? That's going to be the difference in those games. This kid, he returned last week. Two weeks ago, he returned a 98-yard kickoff. This week, he returned a 75-yard punt and didn't even look like he broke a sweat we didn't see that last year or the year before last i'm, I'm a i'm a SC guy i right. follow everything they do i we we broadcast them here every week you never heard usc when it came to special teams
2: nothing exciting
1: now it's special
2: so uh, we're kind of closing out now but i but i want to as a as a west coast guy yeah the pack 12 has been part of my whole life hundred and eight years. As an LA guy, 108 it's been a part years. of your life growing up. It was the Pac-12. It, and, <laughs> and that for, was the only conference. And for me, it's a, it's sad to see the Pac-12 get disbanded yeah it's it's sad that you don't get to see oregon play oregon state and washington play washington state and washington play usc right. and arizona arizona state and, and and utah play everybody because utah wants to be well they could,
1: you could still actually get some of those rivalries because usc and ucla yeah. do play next year
2: yeah they, you will get those you rivalries you will ke- keep those rivalries yep. yeah actually all the ones i said you actually keep keep yep all those will will be kept, kept.
1: Yeah, but even just the rivalries and the whole just the but the Pac twelve, the Pac twelve. Yeah, you I mean, knew you could turn on uh, on the West Coast. We was able to watch all the Pac twelve games. Yeah, you know, five, we didn't care what was going on in the Big Ten. Now that's going to change. We're going to be watching <laughs> the games eight. at nine or ten o'clock at night if they play on the East Coast, right? And then you know when they do come in West, but money is the root. All evil. These institutions make a lot of money without the TV deals, without all the dress. These institutions make a lot of money. And do you think they even cared about leaving the Pac 12 and how long that history is? They didn't care about that. They did. They left. It was almost comical because the. I don't think people thought this was real.
2: The, yeah, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> and then all of a sudden,
1: USC UCLA you flipped, gone.
2: You flip that switch, and you and then everything settled down. And then all of a sudden,
1: it just it, it was like a domino. It just went brrr, two teams left.
2: Right, and I, I, and all
1: those teams. I learned something too. And all those teams, those Olympic teams we were talking about, yeah. they go.
2: Oh, well, they do. go. They go with them. So rowing goes with them. <laughs> Volleyball, volleyball, soccer, so
1: gymnastics goes to the conference,
2: right? But but you have to understand, the Pac-12 is called the Conference of Champions because they're Conference of Champions at a
1: Olympics. lot of sports sport. well,
2: and a lot of Olympic sports. Well,
1: there'll be soccer. Olympics in the Big Twelve and the Big Ten now. Big, <laughs> I hope so. Who are they going to play? Well, I, I, I mean, that's from what I was reading. Unless something just magic, something happens, and they when you take. A conference and they go two teams go all the teams got to go you can't split like okay well we're going to have the Pac-12 for the like? Olympic sports but we're going to take football and basketball to Big Ten and Big 12 no all the sports go and <laughs> <But> <laughs> we'll see what happens there will not be a Pac-12 I can tell you that we can talk about this till we're blue in the face the Pac-12 is over what's your prediction where does washington state and uh oregon state end up or do or do you do you think they try to salvage the the back uh the picked the the 12 or do they end up somewhere what's your prediction
2: i i think somehow they are a part of the mountain west group because i don't think they have anywhere else to go right they're going to go to the american athletic conference
1: they already told them no well, there you go. Well, they took Stanford and no, the American Athletic Conference, not the ACC. ACC. They ain't even. I don't even. It's too far across country. Yeah.
2: If the ACC wanted them, they'd already got them. Yeah. So I really don't know where else they can go, other than to be the king of the Mountain West. Yeah. And the reality is. They will bring up the talent level of the Mountain West and make the Mountain West a far more exciting conference.
1: So, so they leave. So, what you're saying is either because we Ma- got to get to our picks
2: now, Mountain West either goes to the Pac 12, yes, and merges, or those pack. two come to the Mountain West and they renegotiate their um, television contract. A- a deal. Yep,
1: and that and that and that'll be a win win for the Mountain West teams, but that does happen. What do we do about the mountain West? Gone. Gone. We know one thing. One of those conferences are going to be no longer here,
2: right?
1: (laughs) The mountain West or the pac 12,
2: the mountain pac 12.
1: It's going to be, it's going to be here and and gone. All right. So let's get to our picks. The best uh, bets of the day of the evening. You know who I'm rolling with. I know you don't like to hear it. I know you're tired of it. I know you all out of it. I know you don't want to know, but I'm gonna let you do your pick first. Well, I will pre... I will, NFL, right? You're going to NFL?
2: Yeah, I'll give you a precursor to say that I, uh, that, I, that I recommended the Bengals last week, so that didn't turn out too well. But this week, I am riding the San Diego Chargers minus three and a half. I got a lot of confidence in them. I think they're going to win this game outright. They showed me a lot on offense. Their defense can't be that
1: bad. Right. And you like them. Okay. And you're a big Charger fan. Huge Charger fan, San Diego boy. Yes, sir. Alright, so you like the Chargers and they have um, minus, three and three and half. Half, minus three and a half yep. and they're taking on oh, <laughs> I, I just was looking at it. All right. We got the Chargers. I'm going I'm going back to Boulder. I'm going back to Boulder. Yeah. You know ever since I turned in nineteen eighty nine, when I signed the dotted line. Alright, I'm going back to Boulder. We're going with primetime versus Colorado State. Another game, 23-and-a-half or 22-and-a-half, but I'm going with prime. All right. All right. Brooks, any last final words as we go out on this song? Support the Aces. Support the Aces this week, Wednesday night at T-Mobile Arena. There you go. Vegas Sports Nation, we will return next Tuesday. Same time, same place. Brooks, have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll do it again next you, week. You oh, too, we're going to a game Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, take Colorado.